Okay. If you've got your Bible to Timothy. Hi, if you haven't met me, my name's Stuart. I'm the leader of the church. Today, we're going to be starting our new sermon series in the book of 2 Timothy. Now, this uh, book, this letter really was written by the Apostle Paul. Uh, who was a follower of Jesus, and it was addressed to Timothy uh, from where the letter gets his name. It's actually the second letter to Timothy. We have 1 Timothy, which we're not looking at at this point, and 2 Timothy, uh, with two letters written to Timothy. Uh, Timothy at this time was likely in Ephesus, uh, serving the Lord there. Now, Timothy was much younger than Paul, uh, a son in the faith. Uh, the letter was written around 67 to 68 AD, and the encouragement from Paul, the aim of the letter was for Timothy to keep going in his ministry because this letter was written um, at the end of Paul's life um, it's the last letter that we we know of that he wrote uh, that's part of our bible here uh, he was alone he was in a roman prison he was abandoned uh, by friends and others who were in fear of persecution uh, in their lives and he was awaiting his own execution uh, at the hands of the romans and so he was kind of at the end of himself and what he does is he writes this letter to Timothy uh, his friend and the letter contains exhortations to boldness and endurance and faithfulness and an appeal to keep following what the bible says and to pass this knowledge on um, to others who know Jesus and so that's why I've entitled our sermon series keep going we're going to be looking at this letter over 10 weeks so we're going to take nice small chunks as we slowly work our way through it and we will wrap this up kind of by the end of August. There'll be a few breaks for other things along the way, but we're going to take 10 weeks looking um, at 2 Timothy. And this sermon series, I think, comes at a good time for us as a church. Originally, way back when we were kind of thinking and planning about this, we know this is our 10th year as a church. We had our 10th birthday back in January and I wanted to look at something uh, that would remind us kind of what we're about, what we've seen over 10 years, and to keep going for the next 10 years. And uh, this letter, I thought, was an excellent way of just reminding us uh, what life's about, what the importance of the gospel message, what that is, the fact that we'll face trouble in this life, but we are to keep going and following after Jesus. Um, it's also, as it's worked out, we're now nearing kind of the end of our pandemic, national lockdown in this nation at least, and we're coming out of it. Uh, some people are languishing, which we talked about last week. And we're in this time of actually there's going to be a, a new beginning coming the next few weeks and months as restrictions are lifted. We're going to have to refine our feet in life. And we too right now are to keep going after Jesus, keep going as the people of God, as we move to being able to see more and more of people, as we move to being able to meet together more and more and more, we are to keep going. We are not to stop. We are not to give up. We are not to just languish and stay there. We are to be looking forward, going after Jesus all the time and more and more. So the letter itself um, is part of a group of three letters in your Bible. If you just flick uh, backwards and forwards, you'll find one Timothy and you'll find Titus and together those three letters make what we call the pastoral epistles uh, which are just three letters and they're unusual because they're written to people rather than churches many others are written to churches Ephesians Philippians Corinthians are written to whole churches these are written by Paul to individuals to Timothy and Titus who are two of his friends and fellow ministers and two Timothy is made up of part of that it's a short letter only got four chapters in it you could probably read the whole thing in about 
20 minutes or so if you just sat down. So it's not a long letter. And so if you've had, been out of the habit of reading your Bible, it's a great way to get back into it. Use one of those journals, uh, start reading it, read it through slowly. You can read through it quickly and then a chapter a day just to get back into God's word. The, the format of the letter is it has a short introduction. Uh, with some uh, the letter, who sent it, who received it, and then some thanks. And then it's got a bunch of encouragements uh, by Paul to Timothy to keep going in his ministry. And then Paul uh, appeals to him, uh, to Timothy, to know the gospel thoroughly and to keep teaching it unto others and to refute those who would teach it incorrectly, teach lies about it. And then the end letter then ends with some personal requests of Paul. And we're going to go through the whole letter uh, verse by verse, uh, looking at it and kind of the overall sort of image of the letter is this one of um, a runner running and a relay and the idea is Paul is passing on the baton to Timothy that's why we've been having these tonight it's actually Paul is passing on the baton he knows he's at the end of his life he knows his clock is running out he's not getting out of prison he's going to die uh, by the hands of the Romans very soon and he is basically writing this letter to pass on the baton to Timothy saying this is the end for me what I know, I'm going to pass on. I'm going to send you encouragements. I'm going to send you appeals. I'm going to send you advice as his last kind of will and testament to his friend Timothy in the ministry. Paul knows he's run the race uh, faithfully. He's continued to the end. He's done it. And he is now passing what he knows on to Timothy so that he too may run that race well uh, for the glory of God. So what I'm going to do, if you found it, I'm going to read the first couple of verses and then we're going to look into that and then I'll bring some points out to sort of finish us up. So reading from verse one, this is how it begins. It starts, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let me just read that again. It's just a short section, just a couple of verses. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy and peace from God, the Father and Christ Jesus, our Lord. OK, big idea of what we're going to look at tonight is that we are God's chosen, beloved children who've been called by him to a life of service. We are God's chosen beloved children called by him to a life of service. Now, these opening letters, opening sort of sentences of the letter uh, basically um, contain, is actually one sentence in the Greek um, and it's customary the way letters were written back then in the Greco-Roman world. It, it states the name of the author, it states the name of the recipient, and then there is some kind of greeting to the person uh, receiving the letter now that in our western way that's not how we write letters even if we do still write letters hands up if you've actually written a letter by hand in the last six months there won't be many of us but the way we were taught at school to do it was you start with dear whoever it is then you have the body of the letter and then at the end you say who it's from this is not how they wrote it back then the way they wrote it then is probably more like our emails you write today where you have uh, the address of um, who you're sending it to right there it's coming from us and then some sort of subject and then you get into the body of the text which is what we're going to be looking at now so I want to look at the author the recipient and then the greeting in turn and then we'll bring out some bits for us to learn at the end first thing the author now the author describes himself in four ways here it says first one he says Paul 
the author of the letter starts himself right up. This is the person sending the letter, Paul, uh, a Jew. He was a former Pharisee. Uh, that was someone who followed the Jewish law uh, vigorously. He was a highly educated man. He was a zealous follower of the Torah, the Jewish law and all the traditions that with him. He was also someone as a result of that who persecuted the church and uh, Christians. And he was complicit in the murder of the first Christian martyr, Stephen. We find that in Acts chapter seven. Paul was there. He was known by another name at the time, but he was right there. And so he was a vigorous follower of the Jewish traditions. But then a few chapters later in Acts chapter nine, he met uh, the risen Lord Jesus and was converted on the road to Damascus. And then he became one of the church's most vocal advocates. He traveled widely uh, through the Roman world, preaching the gospel, planting churches. He wrote most of what we have in our New Testament in sort of number of letters. Uh, he's the one of the main authors. If you read through the book of Acts, we're doing that with our boys at the moment. Paul is kind of the character of the second half of the book of Acts. He's the main focus of the story and so he is someone who has traveled widely and proclaiming the good news of Jesus and he describes his role so his name is Paul his role there it says is an apostle of Christ Jesus that's how Paul describes him now uh, an apostle is as an ascent one one who has been sent out and if you read the account in Acts chapter 9 Jesus met the risen uh, met Paul which not just met Paul and he sent him out saying you are going to be uh, my witness to the Gentiles to the non-Jews you're going to take my message out there and Paul served as an ambassador uh, for Jesus to proclaiming his good news in city after city town after town throughout the Roman Empire so Paul is one who's been sent out and he has been sent out as by Christ Jesus now if we noticed Christ Jesus comes up three times in a couple of verses there that was the the focus of Paul's life and the reason it's written Christ Jesus which is we usually tend to say Jesus Christ but actually Christ Jesus is probably the best way around because Christ is his title Jesus was the name of the individual Christ is a title. Christ is the Greek word for the um, Jewish word Messiah. He was the chosen one of Israel. He was the fulfillment of the prophecies that ran throughout the Old Testament um, and fulfilled in his life, death and resurrection. He was God, the son come to earth. He was the one who was risen from the dead. He was ascending to heaven, ruling and reigning victorious. He was the one who had all authority, all power. And Jesus, um, Paul described himself as an apostle of Christ Jesus. He's been sent out by him. And this gives weight to who Paul is, to what he's going to say throughout this letter. It also gives an urgency in his appeals to Timothy because Paul is saying, I've come um, to give you message from Christ Jesus, the one that we worship, the one who is King and Kings and Lord of Lords. And I've been sent by him to bring a message to you and to others who is proclaiming it. And um, Paul's identification as apostle gives weight to what he says throughout the letter. When he talks about things like you're going to have to face suffering, uh, you're going to face hardship. Here's the message that I received that you now have to preach on to others. And so that's who Paul is. So he's Paul. He's an apostle of Christ Jesus. So it's in his name, his role. The next one is his authority. It says by the will of God, by the will of God. Paul is not self-appointed in his role as apostle. He is divinely appointed. He is a divinely appointed delegate of God. He doesn't occupy this position because of human activity or by chance, but by divine selection. He didn't run a good campaign 
and get his social media strategy right and use influencers and public opinion kind of turned in his favor and he won the vote and he won and he is now the apostle because he's been appointed by men or by governments. No, he is only in his role because God appointed him. God chose him for that role. God picked him out to do the job that he is doing. And if you read the account in Acts, it adds to the greatness of that because he was a man who was going in the completely opposite direction. He was persecuting the church. He was imprisoning Christians. He was trying to stamp out this thing that had started in Jerusalem, thinking it being a dishonor to God. It was something so bad. But then when he had met the risen Jesus, he was turned 180 degrees around and he suddenly became an advocate for Jesus. But this was all because God chose him God called him, God appointed to him. And this characterizes Paul's life. If you read um, other letters, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, Ephesians, Colossians, he uses this same phrase again. The only reason I do this is because of the will of God. He chose me for this role. It is his will that I am working out to do this. And again, it reminds us as we read through this letter and we read the things he says to Timothy that we will then apply to ourselves, that actually this is all God's will. Uh, this is what God wants for Timothy, is what God wants for us. All Paul's experiences, the good, the bad, are all wrapped up in the fact that he is serving the purposes of God. He is serving a high authority, higher authority than you would have um, in this land. So we've seen his name, his role, his authority, and the last thing there is his purpose. It says, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. This kind of that phrase there, according to the promise, emphasizes the goal and purpose of Paul's apostleship. He is to make known the eternal life that becomes a reality through fellowship with Jesus, through knowing Jesus. And this life is only available in Jesus. Again, we have that Christ Jesus phrase comes up. That's who it's all about. That's who the focus is. And that's the one Paul is living for. That is the one that Paul is preaching. That is the one that Paul is proclaiming. And if you read Paul's letters, the most common phrases he used to describe a Christian or a believer isn't the word Christian or believer that we might use. It is someone who is in Christ. That's his phrase. And it comes up here again. That's what he's saying. If you are in Christ, if you have made a commitment to follow him, you're a Christian, you're a believer. That's who you are. And if you are in Christ, you have life and you have life in fullness. And it's for available for all believers right now. It's something we experience here. It's not something we have to wait for. And when we die, we suddenly get it. No, this eternal life is something that is working in us now. And it is available to all. And this is the gospel message that Paul is preaching, this promise of life that you can only receive in Christ Jesus. And so that's who Paul is. And at the beginning of his letter, that's how he kind of states himself. That's how he puts himself out. That's who he is. I'm Paul. I'm an apostle of Jesus. That's the one I'm about. I got God appointed me for this role. And I'm here to proclaim the message of life that can only be found in Jesus. And so then we get to the recipient, number two, the recipient. Who's the person receiving this? It just says, Timothy, my beloved child. So Timothy was this was a younger man than Paul, but he was also serving in ministry. At the point of writing this letter, he was probably in Ephesus, um, the, the church that, that Paul wrote to there. And he was a convert of Paul's uh, ministry. On Paul's missionary journey, he did three, if you read the book of Acts, so three kind of separate journeys Paul went on. His first one, uh, Timothy was converted as part of his ministry, his preaching. Uh, Timothy had a mother who was Jewish, 
um, but a father who was Greek. So he was a bringing together of those kind of different groups there. And he became a co-worker with Paul and traveled with him. If you read the book of Acts, uh, Paul, Timothy is mentioned in Acts chapter 16. He's mentioned in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 17. And he's also mentioned in Acts chapter 18. And so he's very much part of what uh, Paul is doing in his mission in planting churches, proclaiming gospel across uh, the Roman world. And as a result of that, he would have faced some of the same things Paul would have faced. He would have faced his success as people became Christians and converts and churches were planted, but he would have also faced hardship. He would have also faced suffering. He would have also faced persecution and opposition and difficulty um, and all the things that Paul, Paul had to face in fleeing towns and and sleeping rough and, and going without, Timothy himself would have faced those same things as alongside Paul. But in amongst all that, he is described as a man of integrity, a man of great character. And thus he ended up in Ephesus and he was likely one of the elders, one of the leaders of the church there, serving the church there and building them up. And so we have Timothy and then we have to, it's, there's his name and then we have his relationship here with Paul because Paul describes him as my beloved child my beloved child what Paul is expressing there is a great affection for Timothy uh, in the outset of this letter in this greeting the word beloved is a term of approval it is a term of affirmation it is a term of intimacy and simply put Paul loves Timothy and as Paul is writing this letter in a Roman jail knowing his death is approaching, his heart has turned to what's important in life. And one of the people who's important in life is his friend, Timothy, his friend, Timothy. And so he's writing this letter. And at the outset, he's thinking of Timothy and he's thinking, thinking of Timothy with love um, and affection. And it says, um, if you read uh, Philippians, you get a kind of an idea of how Paul uh, loved Timothy and spoke about Timothy because he writes in Philippians chapter two describing Timothy he says I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I too may be cheered by news of you for I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare for they all seek their own interests not those of Jesus Christ but you know Timothy's proven worth how as a son with a father he has served me in the gospel and then Paul then says, after saying beloved, he describes him as child there, which Paul referenced in that Philippians verse. He is Paul's son. They have a close bond, a close relationship, but it's more than just friends together. Paul loves Timothy like he would love a son, like a father to a child. So it's not just a love. There's also a sense of responsibility uh, to Timothy and for his welfare and his growing ministry and what will happen to him after Paul has gone and Paul has left Timothy Paul has been has died he's, he's concerned about what's going to happen uh, to Timothy and so as we read this letter what we're hearing are the words of a loving parent speaking to their child uh, although Paul wasn't actually Timothy's father, they had that kind of relationship. And so as Paul speaks to him, as Paul kind of pours out what he's going to say over the coming four chapters, read it like that, that this is a loving parent speaking to their child, trying to give them good stuff that will help them in the future when they're not around anymore. So there we have Paul. Uh, there we have Timothy, the author and the recipient. And the final thing at the end of verse two there is the greeting. And Paul says, uh, grace, 
mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. This again is the same wording. If you read 1 Timothy, it's the same wording that Paul uses at the beginning of that letter. And this kind of is a prayer, a desire on Paul's behalf towards Timothy. He's kind of praying, he's desiring that God's goodness, God's blessing will be on Timothy. And Timothy, being a follower of Jesus and also a minister in the church, was someone who would be in need of grace and mercy and peace. And so what does Paul whistle? The first thing he says, grace. Grace is the undeserved favor of God to undeserving sinners. The undeserved favor of God to undeserving sinners. It's his goodness, his goodness that is poured out on Timothy, even though he doesn't deserve it. This grace uh, removes guilt um, of sin and it relieves uh, the person of the punishment that they truly deserve. It's getting what we don't deserve. In the face of that, we should have got punishment we should have got guilt for us in intent instead we get grace we get God's love poured out upon us we get his goodness and we get his forgiveness and we get all that wonderful stuff and Paul is saying you need to have more of that I want more of that in your life I want you to have a greater understanding of that Timothy then he says um, Timothy you need to have mercy as well I want you to have mercy mercy is basically God um, not giving you what you do deserve what you did, what God giving you what deserve that punishment that should be has been turned away. God instead gives help. He gives this um, encouragement for those who are discouraged. He gives he gives a hand to those who are stumbling in the face of opposition and difficulty. Uh, God gives courage that they will stand up and not shrink back. And that all comes out of God's mercy for His people because He loves them. He is for them. He wants good for them. And Paul is saying, you need grace, Timothy. You need mercy. And Timothy knows that he's going to be following Jesus in the face of opposition. He's going to need both of those things. And the final thing Paul says, he says, you're going to need peace, Timothy. You're going to need peace. And this is a Greek expression, a Greek word, which is identical to the Hebrew word, which you may have heard, uh, shalom. And this word, it's not just an absence of something like an absence of strife or or war or anything like that. It describes uh, a state um, where people know Um, the grace and the mercy of God and the inner peace in all areas of life. And so it's not so much an absence, it's more of a presence of God with you, of salvation, of knowing that that God's presence is in your life, his grace and mercy in your life, and that floods out into all areas. It kind of means wholeness and harmony and everything working together. No matter what's happening outside, you have a peace in you, which exists between you and God and his presence or his spirit in you. And this condition with wholeness can provide foundation and stability in all areas of life. And Paul is saying you need this peace because life is going to be tough. Life is hard. Life is going to be a battle. And Paul says you need that. You need grace, Timothy. You need mercy, Timothy. You need peace, Timothy. And all three of these find their origin in God. He says God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. He says there, this is where they find their origin. They don't, they don't exist in outside things and things you can get from this world and having a fat bank account or a good job or being healthy or whatever. They only exist in God. And Jesus in Paul is saying, this is where they come from. And I want you to know the grace of God. I want you to know the mercy of God. I want you to know the peace of God because that's what's going to fortify and guard you and get you through um, this life. And so there's Paul's opening to Timothy of this letter. 
We've looked at the author, we've looked at the recipient, and we've looked at the greeting. Uh, and now I just am going to finish. I just want to look at a little bit of application and kind of how we're going to sort of put this uh, together and some things we can learn from now. And then I want to pray for us to finish uh, as we go um, our own ways. Now, as we look through uh, the Keep Going uh, series, we're going to go over 10 weeks. What we're going to do is each week of the series, we're going to put out some stuff uh, to life groups, to life group leaders. So your life group leaders will get some stuff. They'll pass it on to you. And we're going to ask you uh, to, to do either something each week, either to read something, uh, to watch something, or to listen to something, to either read something, watch something, or listen to something. And we'll put some stuff out. We've got some videos lined up. We've got some stuff you can listen to. We've got some stuff uh, you can read. And they'll come out week by week, so keep an eye out for that. And the first thing we're going to do this week, we'd love you to have a go at reading uh, to Timothy. Uh, this week just have a go at reading two timothy's four chapters uh it's not long you can break it down uh, kind of a chapter to a day and maybe you might even be able to get through it twice uh, throughout the week but have a go you might want to read it slowly break down half a chapter but that's what we'd love you to get into this week get into to timothy start reading get familiar with who paul is and what paul's saying who timothy is and receiving this instruction um but for here for now tonight there's um some things i want us to learn from the opening of this letter there's some things i want us to take away that we can keep going in following jesus this week this month this year uh, and beyond and so there's three things i just want to look at now um, and how we can keep going and we're going to keep going because number one we are chosen by god for a life of service we've been chosen by god for a life of service like the apostle paul who says i've been chosen by the will of god that's why i'm this apostle to be a witness to the world, we too have been chosen by God for a life of service. We will not write parts of the Bible, that's done. We're not gonna be an apostle like Paul going around the Roman world, that's happened. We're in a different time or place. But as believers, as followers of Jesus, we've been called by him to serve wherever we find ourselves. Whatever place we find ourselves in, our home, our family, our workplace, our social kind of grouping, uh, where our kids find ourselves at school, our neighbours, the place where we live. We have been called by God in those places to serve him and to live out uh, his purposes there, to proclaim his message, to sow practical love um, to those around us, to love on people, to care for people, to meet the needs of the poor and the broken and the hurting and the lost, to proclaim the good news of Jesus and say there is life available right now that is better from the temporary things of this world. It is an eternal life. There is a peace of God that you can have with him that is better than anything in this world. And this is an enormous privilege that we have. We've been called by the living God, the creator of heaven and earth. And he has chosen me to serve his purposes in this place, in this time. And so God has a plan. He has a purpose for his church, for his people, for his kingdom. And we are part of that. And as a result of that, we are to keep going after him because he has chosen and called us for something. He hasn't chosen so we can just sit on our backsides to give up, to languish. He's chosen us to call, to keep going after him. The second thing we need to know is that we are beloved children of our Heavenly Father. We are beloved children of our Heavenly Father. So it's not just a case of God's called us as a distant boss or uh, a far off deity saying, you go and do that job over there. This is a Father in Heaven who loves us, 
who is for us. You are his beloved child. In the same way Paul says to Timothy, you're my beloved son, you're my beloved child. Jesus says that to you. God the Father says that to you. The Spirit says that to you right now, that you are a beloved child of God. He loves you uh, with a never-ending love. He is for you. He wants good for you. He wants that intimacy, that affirmation with you. He wants to know you and let him love on you. If you're not a believer here, this is something that would be alien to you, this concept um, and this reality of God loving you. And if you're not a believer here, you need to turn to him. You need to cry out to God. You need to recognize that he is Lord of heaven and earth. He's Lord of your life. You'll need to recognize the things that you've done in your life that separate you from him. The Bible just simply calls that sin. You need to recognize that Jesus was who he says he was. He was God the son. He came to earth. He lived a perfect life. He died his death on the cross. He rose again victorious and he's ruling and reigning in heaven. And he says, come follow me. And you need to turn away from living your life your own way. You need to repent, the Bible says. Just turn around, go the other way. Cry out to him. He wants good for you. And then you too can become a follower of Jesus. And as we read the book, a letter of 2 Timothy, and we read the words of a loving father, Paul, to his son, Timothy, we also hear the words of our loving heavenly father speaking to us here now. The Bible is living and active. It is, a, it is alive and comes into the situation that we find ourselves now. So it's just as relevant now in the 21st century as it was in 67, 68 AD when Paul wrote it from a prison cell to his son many miles away in Ephesus. We are beloved children of our Heavenly Father and he is going to speak to us. And as a result of this, we keep going. We keep going. We keep following after. We know that God loves us. He's for us. He's got plans. He's got purposes for us. And uh, that we are, we are going to keep going and following and being part of his family in this world. And the third thing is that we have received grace, mercy, and peace. Whatever situation you find yourself in right now, whatever happened today, the last weeks, the last month, however you feel about the future, what's coming the next few weeks and months and all that that is, we have grace and mercy and peace available to us. See, we didn't just get a one-off dose when you became a Christian, which might've been years, decades ago. No, you've got a continual access to God. We are in a privileged position where we have full access to our father in heaven. It's like being under a waterfall with that never-ending flow of water that just keeps coming and going. God says, I have grace and mercy and peace available to you today, whatever it is. Uh, Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. I don't know where you are right now, what's going on. Are you struggling with sin in your life and you're just battling with it and think how do I get free of this are you languishing and just finding life kind of it's not flourishing and flying but I'm not kind of right at the bottom here I'm just kind of just in that kind of middle bit are you struggling with family or a relationship or a work situation are you uncertain about the future and what's next and what's happening and and how it works for you as we kind of come out of this season and what it means for connecting with people and getting on to people are you dealing with some sort of pain in your life whether it's pain in your body or 
pain in a relationship or even pain kind of mental health issues is there something going on with you what about um if life just not where you want it to be and you want it to be like something like this and you're you're dealing with disappointment what if you're struggling with your bible reading and prayer and connecting with god whatever situation you are in there is grace and mercy and peace available to you and i'm going to lead us a moment in a in a bit of prayer where we can call out to him so that we can keep going after him. That is the call. Sometimes we, God has called us to keep going, to serve him, to follow him. But God hasn't left us alone. He doesn't say, just keep going and, and then stand back. He's saying, no, I'm with you. I'll send one who will be with you forever. The Holy Spirit, he's here with us now. He's here with me in my house. He's here with you in your house. He's right alongside you. So there is grace and mercy and peace available to you. And so what I'm going to do as we sort of finish this time together is I'm just going to lead us in a moment of prayer. And I don't know what you need. But I know grace and mercy and peace are available for you. And so I'm just going to give you a moment to kind of come before God and say, God, this is kind of what I need. And this is my situation that I'm facing. And then I'm going to lead you in some prayer to receive that and to kind of come into a fuller understanding of that. I'm going to pray for the spirit to fill you and I'm going to pray you to know God's grace and mercy and peace in your life. And then we'll end uh, our time together. So maybe you just want to get comfortable wherever it is. Maybe you want to just close your eyes, uh, kind of open your hands and just, and you know where you are. You know where your little family situation is. You know where your work situation is. You know what your relational situation is. You, you just know. And I'm just going to give you a moment and I'd love you to bring that to God and say, God, I need you in it. And, and just whatever it is, just come and say, God, I need you. So let me just, you do that and then I'll come and I'll pray in just a moment. Lord Jesus, I just, Lord God, I want to thank you for your death and resurrection that made this all available. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you that because of that, we can come to know our loving Father in heaven. Lord God, we want to thank you for your death and resurrection. We have been adopted into your family. We have been declared not guilty before you. We have become your beloved children you've poured out your spirit on us that we might know what it means for you to be our father oh god we thank you that you pour out and continue to pour out grace and mercy and peace on our lives lord jesus we thank you for that we thank that never-ending flow we thank you even today we can come boldly before your throne of grace and ask for grace and mercy in our time of need lord jesus we thank you for that lord and i pray in this situation god i thank you for Humble hearts that have called out to you, Lord, we pray. We ask you pour out grace where they people need grace. We pour out, you pour out your unmerited favour on our lives, Lord God. We pour out your goodness. Lord, we ask for your mercy where we're struggling, where we're failing, where we find things difficult. God, have mercy on us, uh, Lord Jesus. Draw us to your side, God. And we ask for your peace, Holy Spirit, to come fill us that we might know you. 
that we might know your presence, that we might know that peace of God that passes understanding, that shalom, that is not dependent on outside circumstances, but only dependent on your inner work in our hearts. Lord God, we thank you for what we've learned tonight. We thank you for this letter. We thank you for what we're going to learn over the next 10 weeks. Uh, Lord Jesus, we pray, give us our, our ears to hear and hearts, hearts that are open to you. Uh, Lord God, that we might more and more become like you, that we may keep going in this race following you. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.